From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Okay, turn your Bibles to 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17, I want to share with you a little bit uh, message God provides. And... Uh, Let me just read 1 Kings 17. I'm going to just read a couple of verses and then, uh, then we'll get into it. 1 Kings 17, verse 7. Sometime later, the brook tried, uh, uh, sorry, actually verse, yeah, verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered ravens to feed you there. This is skip the dishes thousands of years ago, right here. <laughs> so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank it from the brook. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, you are a God who provides. And you can provide in the most unlikely of ways, in the most unlikely of places, in the most unlikely of circumstances. Lord, I pray people here today that have a need, they would look to you as their provider. Open up this word to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's a common element that unites everybody in the world. And that is, and everybody in this room, at some point, you will experience need. A need, not a want. A need. A, a verse that is one of my favorite verses, I've used it oftentimes in services, a blessing, Romans 15 and 13. May the God of hope fill you with, now, you would think it would say, may the God of hope fill you with hope, but it doesn't. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. So you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens. And for some of you here today, I'm just gonna start right off. If you wanna know who I'm talking to, I'm talking to the people in this room that you got a need. God wants to restore your hope. And he will give you joy and peace as you trust in him. Because the thing is, when circumstances get down, how many know oftentimes we get robbed of our joy and our peace? We start worrying, we start, we start frowning, but God says, let me do some work in your life. I am, you put your trust in me, I'm going to fill you with joy and peace. I'm going to feed you with joy and peace. And the byproduct will be hope for the future. Some of you will leave here today with restored hope, restored joy, restored peace. Needs. There'll be times in every one of our life when we'll experience a need of some kind. Okay, so maybe it's, a, maybe it's a material need. That's probably where we start. You know, we need, we need to pay the bill. We just got the bills. It's the beginning of the month, and you get your, your MasterCard bill or your Visa bill or you get your hydro bill or your cell phone bill. Maybe it's a material need, uh, food in the cupboards, or, or, or maybe it's an emotional need. This is one often we just kind of brisk over, but, but emotional needs are, 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 can, can have an effect on our whole life. Some of you, and, and it was shared in some of the men, saying, you know what, I just, 
I realized the care and, and love I have. Some of the guys, it just, and it just touched me. And they were, what he was talking about there was an, that he was ministered to emotionally on that men's retreat. That's what he's talking about. Sometimes we have emotional needs. Sometimes it's, it's physical. You need a healing. Sometimes it's a spiritual need. You need a restoration in your soul. So I'm going to do something. Maybe you've never done this. I don't think, I don't think calls, uh, but... In case you haven't talked to the person beside you, you're going to get to know the person beside you before we leave today. So I want you to think about some needs in our world today. Number one, this is a, a point A and a B. Some needs in our world today and some needs that are likely in this house today. Some needs that are probably here. So just in general, talk to the person beside you. You're going to take like 30 seconds. So don't like sit there and look at each other for 29 seconds wondering what, who's going to go first. So just turn to the person beside you, discuss what are some needs in our some huge needs in our world today or in this place today? Okay, discuss. So let me ask you a question now. You've got uh, you've probably had some good discussion about some needs, some needs that might be that that might be unique to Corona, that some needs that might be unique to this church, some needs that might be unique to the person sitting right beside you. Sometimes we are aware of the needs around us when we ourselves have experienced that need. You know what I mean? When you have a loved one pass away, you're more empathetic to those who are losing loved ones. When you are afflicted or you're feeling lonely, you're more aware of those who are feeling like they're outcasts. So what do you do in a time of need? What do you do when needs arise? Well, we first thing we probably do, whether we'd like to admit it or not, is worry. Even though we're told in the Bible, like many times, don't do it. We do it. Why do you think we're told so many times not to do it? Ah, you may ask the question. So if you've got a need, are you supposed to try to meet your own need? Well, sure you are. Okay, so I have three children, 19-year-old son, 16-year-old son, and a 14-year-old girl. I, uh, I've purchased a Sobeys. No, I haven't really, but I, with her, I think I need to purchase some kind of a grocery store of some kind. Um, but... These, these kids can eat. Labor Day weekend. We have one more day. My wife's a teacher. One more day before the kind of the craziness of the fall happens. You know I'm talking about parents. And uh, kids are kind of having their kind of day off. My wife's getting ready for going back to school the next day, going over class lists. And we're having a coffee upstairs. The kids come up out of the den. They're down in the basement, you know, playing video games or whatever. They come up out. I'm hungry. I said, oh, okay. I'm really hungry. What are we having for lunch? Well, uh, so you know, I had a moment of sarcasm. A spirit of sarcasm came over me. You know, I don't know if it's a spiritual gift or not, but I, I'm like, well, you know, in this house, it's a super modern house. In fact, we have dedicated a room to eating. We have got like things that plug in, that heat food that keep food cool. We have dedicated space, big cupboards with doors that are filled with food. Help yourself. <laughs> I don't think of that. Yeah, word of wisdom there, right? Well, no, dad, you know, they're like thinking, I would like, what are you making for lunch? I'm like, oh, it was interesting. They were kind of pulling on the dad, you know, are you going to provide? Why do we think 
that unless God gives it to us himself, that he hasn't provided it. I think sometimes we're saying, God, I need a word from you. You want a word from me? Here you go. Whole bunch of it. Have at it. Feed. Go eat. You want wisdom? There's some. Go get some. But you see, we want, no, I want a word from you, God. Because unless God is, is you know, a towel over his arm and, and, and saying, here you go, I'm going to spoon feed you, I'm going to spoon feed you. At some point, you've got to grow up when you're 17 or 19 and say, listen, I have provided a whole room for you. Go eat. If you have a need, go feed. Right? This is, what is, this is about God's word. This is, if you want peace, God goes, listen, you can enter into my peace anytime. You need peace? You could come in and enter into that rest anytime. Come. Come, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Anytime? Come. It's yours. Come. We sometimes wait for God to give it to us to chase us down. Do we meet our own need? Absolutely you meet your own need. But I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is a need that is a miracle need today. I'm talking that when you are at your end and you've done all you can do, that I'm exhausted and I've looked at every corner and I have no idea. I'm out. I'm exhausted. I'm weary. When you have your inability staring you blank in the face and there is nothing more than you can do. Have you ever had one of those moments? I'm in one of those moments right now. I mean, not right now. I know what I'm going to preach. So I'm not like one of those moments right now. Oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to share. Not right now, right now, but in my life, in our home, we have one of these needs right now. One of these situations you've done all you can do, don't know what else to do. What about in those moments? Well, Christ spoke to this. He said, in Mark 11, Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Does God know what's going on? Yeah, he does, absolutely. I want to give you a little story about a pair of keys. I was reminded of this not too long ago, and I'm going to tie this in with another story that happened recently. Our kids were a lot younger. We went down to Florida at the Christmas break. My wife's a teacher, as I said, and we had rented a van. And uh, you know how they have, like, they have all the keys all together. It's a great big thing, you know, all the keys. And we were on the beach last day. There was no sun the whole time of the Christmas break, except the last day when you're flying out. Wouldn't you know it, right? Always that way. And uh, we weren't flying out until about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, so we decided to go down to Cocoa Beach from Orlando to try to get a little bit of sun. So we booted down there with all the kids, spread out the blankets. We were finding the seashells, making sandcastles. Time to go before we, in order to catch our plane. We start to head to the van, can't find the keys. This is a long time ago, too. The problem is our passports and our tickets are all in the van. I don't know where the keys are. Are the keys in the van? We can't call anybody. We start looking around. We moved once, so we checked one spot, checked another spot. And it got closer and closer to the time when we had to leave or we were going to miss our plane. So I said to Pam, Pam, get the kids, start packing up. We just go to the van. We're, we, just, we have to find these keys. God has got to show us where these keys are, like now. And when he does, we're going to have to go right away. So get the kids ready. We're looking around, and we actually, I know this sounds really anal, but it's, I'm, I'm quite strategic in some of my thinking, but we had done a grid where we were literally now walking along the sand like this because I'm sure one of the kids have probably you know, buried them as it was a 
fun thing to do. And so we were doing this grid. Pam and I and a couple people had helped us, and we are searching. And then we expanded the grid. We went farther and farther and farther. Had a, a lady helping us and a guy helping us. The guy left. The lady was still there helping us. And as I said that to Pam, I turned around. I said, dear God, you have got to show us where these keys are. And as I said that, the woman behind me screamed. Now, I know I'm saying this. I'm telling you this story. This is so crazy to me telling you I'm thinking I'm crazy. But I know what happened, and Pam was there. She goes, there they are. And they were sitting on top of the sand in the middle of our grid. And she goes, I heard it. It's a miracle. I heard it. I heard you pray, and then I saw the keys. It's a miracle. She's just like going hysterical. She's just freaking out over these keys. I feel a little bit guilty because I said, yes, it's a miracle. See you later. Got to go. And I had no rejoicing. We booted out of there. And I know it sounds crazy, but when you have one of these things happen, one of those situations where you know you are at your end and you cry out to God and he does a miracle, it doesn't matter what anybody says about it. You know what happened and you know God just did a miracle in your life. I remember that moment wondering, how does, does God care about just keys and a family in Florida and getting home? Sure he does. He cares. But he responded to a prayer of help like a good father does. Does he know your needs? Yes, he does. When your needs are great, so often are your doubts. You see, oftentimes, the bigger that problem is, then we start doubting. The enemy and the flesh, they start saying things like, do you really think God cares about that? Do you really think that he can do something about that? God can heal? With a question mark. Or God can heal? With an exclamation mark. I preached a series not too long ago on the power of punctuation. God can save my friends. God can save my, my son, my daughter. God can save my son and daughter. The difference between a statement of fear and a statement of faith. Oftentimes when we have needs, we have doubts. So, Elijah. He had some really big needs. And before we get any farther, just going to a couple thoughts on blessing and how God provides. But first, Elijah had some really big needs, even though he was being obedient to the will of God. If you read this text, you will see that Elijah was doing what God told him to do. He was going where God told him to go, and he was saying what God was telling him to say, and still found himself hungry and thirsty and running for his life. So don't think that just because you're doing and going and saying what God's asked you to do, that everything is peachy keen and roses. Because sometimes we start to believe that if we are experiencing challenge or need, that God has removed his blessing from our life. That's a lie. You find yourself in need. You're doing the things you're supposed to do. You're going to church. You're praying. You're studying God's word. You're serving. But yet you find yourself in a point of struggle. I don't know why we're surprised by that. Jesus says in John 16, Do you finally believe the time is coming? Indeed, it's now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that, I may have, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
It's that moment when you're getting caught off guard, your chin's on your chest. You need to know that doesn't catch God off guard. God is not caught off guard by what happens in your life. He knew it before the foundation of the world. In fact, I believe at some point he even will facilitate moments or will allow us to experience some need. And the need that we're experiencing is just an opportunity for God to prove that he's a God who supplies. So, the ways God blesses, the way God provides. Number one, God can can bring you to the provision. Thousands of years before Elijah needed a drink of cool water, the finger of God as the creator traced the path of a little brook called the Brook Cherith. Here's this river that's got fresh water. And there are some times in your life when you have a need and God knows where the supply is and he can put you where you need to be to get the supply. Sometimes God provides this way. God knows all about your troubles. You may seem like, oh man, God isn't moving. He's not doing what I want to. I'm not seeing God's blessing. The Bible says the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good things from those who do what's right. And then we also see, and there's just a couple of thoughts that I felt like I need to give you today. Number one, God can bring you to the supply. Number two, God can bring the supply to you. He doesn't do it the same way all the time. Now, what I love about this part, Elijah being fed by ravens, is this. God can provide for you and can provide for you from the most unlikely of ways. To take a raven. I mean, it's not a pigeon. It's not a deliverer. It's a robber. It's something that normally steals. It's something that takes. It's a thief. So God can not only provide, he can take what normally steals and use it as a method of provision. That's how amazing God is at providing. Now personally, and this is just me, it's not in the word of God. If you want to kick me out, Pastor Colin, never have me preach again, that's fine. But I'm going to add this little part to it. I can, there's a woman, there's a particular person that was really tormenting Elijah, was chasing after him, threatening him. And it's not there. This is just me. This is like, you know, just, I do this sometimes. My brain just wanders. Pastor Carl knows we have our devotional staff meeting. I kind of think of crazy stuff. I kind of believe that, that God just took a raven that normally steals and used it for good. I, I know that it was providing for Elijah, but I just kind of, this is my only personal, it's not there. Again, it's just me. Don't like make this your own church and start the, the Raven Church of God down the road and with on this theology. Don't, don't do that. I see that God, I, I can see how God would have this raven steal from the plate of the person that was abusing and threatening the man of God. And the raven went there. I'm going to take that meat and go give it to Elijah. I'm going to take that bread and go give it to Elijah. And that night, Guess what? Raven's back again. That raven, where's that raven coming from? And, you, and Jezebel's just trying to figure out, and Ahab trying to say, why is my food getting stolen all the time? And here's this raven just... But it is biblical. It says God can, can take from those and bless those who have done what's right. God can take you and bring you to the place where there's supply. He can also bring the supply to you. I want to follow up with another story. This happened just recently, and Pastor Call would know Ola. 
uh, lady in the church that uh, came at our Easter celebrations, and uh, she was in her 80s, accepted Christ as her Savior, and got baptized a little while later, and uh, she's on our, our First Impressions team greeting people, and after a service, uh, I saw her sitting in the kind of the middle and another lady with her, and uh, I was walking back. She usually was Sean with his big brightness, and I said, Ola, how are you doing today? And she said, I'm okay. I said, Ola, what's going on? So she proceeded to tell me a little bit about a personal struggle that she was having, a family member, and feeling a, rest- a strange relationship with this family member. And, uh, and then in, in the course of that conversation, talking about how she lost her hearing aid. And I said, Ola, Tell me more about this hearing aid. And she was preoccupied with this strange relationship and asking a ride from this person to help her find her hearing aid. And they kind of were condemning her about, how can you be so stupid? Kind of not saying some nice words to her. And so I was trying to move her away from that strange and said, tell me about what's going on with the hearing aid. She said, well, I was at the Winona Peach Festival and I lost it and I... I tried to get a ride. They wouldn't give me a ride, but my friend did give me a ride. And I said, oh, thank God for great friends. And so they went there that night and looked with flashlights and her cane and couldn't find it. And then, and then went back the next day and the day. And she says, you know, I had people, some people prayed with me and we asked God to help us find it. And other people offered to come back later with a, a metal detector, and, and we, but we couldn't find it. And said, I need, I need it to function, and it costs so much money. I don't have any money. I'm already on assistance. And So I told her the story about the keys that I told you earlier. And I said, Ola, can I pray for you? God provided for us. I'm just going to pray that God's going to help you find that hearing aid. So we prayed. Just sitting in the back. No big like, woo. We just prayed. And she shared this God story a month ago. When when we, we gathered, we prayed. She remembered me praying that God would help her find this hearing aid in the most unlikely of places. In my mind, I was thinking of this text in The Ravens. So, finished, and we went off, and I went home, and was sitting, and we were having lunch, and I was telling the kids, and we prayed for Ola at the, at the table before we ate lunch that Sunday. And uh, before I put a fork in my meat, I got a text. Now, you need to know, that the only person who can text me while we're eating a family dinner is God. We have a rule in the house. No phones at the table. And so when I saw it was Ola, uh, I, I, I asked Pam, can I just check this quick? And she says, yeah, go ahead. So I checked it. Ola said, found my hearing aid. I said, what? Now listen to this story. So she shared this the next the Sunday at God's story. She went home. Her friend calls her back up again. Want to go looking for the hearing aid again today? She goes, okay, thank you so much. Appreciate it. She goes, I went upstairs to change and get new shoes on to go and look, more comfortable shoes. She says, I opened the closet door. I grabbed my shoes to put them on, and my hearing aid fell out of my shoe. (laughs) She says, I haven't worn these shoes in like two months, she said. I have no idea how it got there, she said, but at that moment I remembered your prayer. God, show us where this hearing is, hearing aid is in the most unlikely of places. She goes, I know God answered my prayer because I looked everywhere and I would have never looked in my shoe for my hearing aid. I'm going to bring this home in a few moments. I'm going to share a verse of scripture with you at the end. 
in a few moments, I'm going to have you do something a little bit more daring as well. I'm going to have you pray a prayer of faith for the people around you. Now, this doesn't have to be flashy. You don't need a mic. But here's the, this is the simple prayer of faith. It's what I did that day. There's a scripture that says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. When you know God's done something in your life, so I want you to start thinking right now what God has done for you. And I mean God has done it. Not like, you know, this is, this is like, man, I was in a situation. You might, have, you might have been burdened with sin or mistakes in your past and you've received forgiveness. And, and that might be the thing you're remembering. It might be a, a physical healing. It might be a wisdom, direction, provision. But you know that you know that God did it. When you pray a prayer of faith, it's this prayer. My God. The God I've seen being my God who's done this in my life, and I know he does it. I'm going to pray that he meets your need. My God can meet your need. That's the prayer of faith. When you say it and say, you know what? My God can meet my need. That's not that prayer. My God can supply your need according to his riches. That's the way we're going to end the service in a few moments. Right now, I want you to think, as you just reflect we need to move from God could and God might to God can and God will. See, something happened later on after all this provision. The widow, she gave her last meal and uh, it was provided for miraculously through the whole time of famine. It's quite an amazing miracle. But at the end of it, her son gets sick and has died. And she's in a desperate place again. Here she is being obedient. She's even being in, blessed by God over and over again daily and yet still experiences death in her home. But in that moment, she actually kind of starts accusing and, and I love that God doesn't correct. Even the two, that when Jesus came, when Lazarus had died and they said, if you had been here earlier, he wouldn't be dead. Jesus doesn't rebuke them at all. He just weeps with them, moves forward for a miracle. Why I like this, this faith, is I'm looking and focusing on Elijah. This woman comes and said, why have you done this? You've brought this on us. Why'd you come here? Because now my son's dead. Elijah does something amazing. Because he believes God for a resurrection, and up until this point, there never has been such a thing. I mean, we read about Lazarus. We know Jesus was raised from the dead. There's nothing yet. This is the kind of faith that believes that God can do something and you've never seen him do it ever before. Faith. This is like, not just faith. I've seen him heal. I'm going to believe for healing. This is the kind of faith that I'm just believing for something crazy that I don't even know he's ever done before. Elijah prays. The child is brought back to life. God could, God might. God can, God will. So I want you to think right now, I'm going to have the worship team come back up. And uh, I want you to just think right now as you prepare, what has God done in your life? How has God supplied? What need have you had and God has provided? My God has provided me with. It's important to do this because in a few moments we're going to have you pray for those people around you. You will be amazed how many times God gives you an opportunity to minister or pray for somebody that is having a need in an area where you used to have a need and you saw God provide for you. 
See, our struggles, we often think that our struggles prevent us from God using us. God doesn't use us in spite of our struggles. Actually, God most often uses us specifically because of them. We need to have faith in the will of God. Faith in the will of God is simply trusting in him that his way is best. We need to have faith in the way of God, trusting in his ways. Imagine what, what Elijah felt like when the brook dried up. God wanted him to move. Oftentimes we worry. We want to figure it out. How many of you are a figure-it-outer? Anybody's a figure-it-out? I want to know the plan, God. Before I say yes, what's the plan? It's God's plan. Made up by an all-knowing God. You can't download it all. Sorry. You can get a little bit of instructions, but you can't get it all. And sometimes you need to trust in his ways as much as you need to trust in his will. You need to trust in the work of God. What I love about this widow, verse 13, she's told to go and do, so she went and did. It's just silly, that simple sometimes. Just go and do it. Just go and do it. Trust in God's work. Trust in the word of God. There's a, this is what God says. When God says that to you, whether it's here or speaks to you and whispers to you in a time of prayer, because God still speaks. When he speaks, it's truth. He's faithful to his word. And finally, have some faith in the wonder of God. I fear sometimes those have been going to church for a while, we've lost our wonder of God. You know those things when God just does something just crazy. You go, that's, that's amazing. We've seen it and we've heard it. We've become too familiar with it. Until we see someone that experiences wonder. When they've had their sins forgiven. When they've put their faith in God. Seeing God do a miracle. We need to restore our wonder in God. So we pray in a way that's not predictable. A way that's not just according to the past. But pray a prayer of faith that believes for God to do what only God can do. So if you got your hand, I'm not sure if you have a pen, there's a little blank there. My need. If you want to write it down there, we've heard that God can do anything. God can meet your needs. We've heard from Elijah, Ola. We've heard from the shepherds on the beach. Why not bring your burdens and your worries and your fears to him? Surrender to him. If you're in your life right now in an area where you are just lacking, you're burdened with mistakes or some difficulties of decisions in the past and their consequences, just surrender to him. Maybe it's forgiveness that you need. Maybe it's a material need that you need right now and you've got a very mounting need. You've done all you can. It's out of your hands. Maybe your need, it's an emotional need. Maybe you're, you're stuck in a situation, not sure which way to go. You need direction. Maybe you need a family restoration. You know, it's the amazing thing. When we talked to Ola on the phone, I called her. I said, that's awesome you found it. And God just dropped a connection with me. You remember how she was burdened with this family relationship that's estranged. 
and then tying in this lost hearing aid. This person wouldn't help her find the hearing aid. The God who can help her find the hearing aid can also help restore that relationship too. So we pray to prayer, say, God, thank you for this miracle. Now we pray for this miracle. She said, I've done all I can. I don't know why it's happening like this. I don't know what's happened. Why? How to get this far? Say, well, praying that God would help restore that relationship. So I'm going to have you pray. If you've written them down, this is the way we're going to end. The team's going to sing Good, Good Father. We're not going to drag this out. Pastor Carl's going to come and end the service in a few minutes. But I really felt like God put this on my heart for this church for today. That God is a God who provides. That there are people who have come here today with a real need. And you need, you need a miracle from God. So I'm going to have you just break up in twos or threes. It says where the two or three are gathered in his name, he's in his midst. Now, it's, it's all about permission. If, if you go to somebody and say, can I pray with you? If they say no, don't. It's really that simple. Just don't be a jerk. That's it. That's, that's my spiritual gift wisdom of the day. Don't be a jerk. If someone says, you know, hey, can I get you a cup of water? No, thank you. You are drinking a cup of water. Like, you know, just, just ask, can I pray with you? Say, do you have a need? Someone says, ask you, just, as you get in a little circle, say, do you write anything down? Do you have a need I can pray for? They tell you the need. Then say, well, let me pray for you. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be fancy. I'm going to give you one more tip. If you don't know where to start, start with God. So whenever we have problems, it's very good to go into God's, David did this, turn them to praise. If your need, if their need is healing, then start praying a prayer that God is a healer. If their need is guidance, then God is all-knowing. God's got great plans for our life. If their need is that they feel alone, then God has never leaves us or forsakes us. He's Emmanuel. Just start with who God is and how he completes that need and allow him to guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you, but start with who God is and pray a prayer of faith. Pray that my God will supply your need. So you have the worship team. Would you stand with me? It'll be making it easier to kind of find somebody. If there's somebody God put on your heart that may be another side of the room, go to them. And, uh, and just as they're singing and as they're playing, then you just make this a place of prayer. This is God's house. It's a place of prayer. Go to the person. Say, hey, can I pray with you? Is there a need I can pray for? And then just go ahead and start praying. Worship team. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.